Yeah, welcome to our first Tech Community Star Space. I've talked about what we do here at Tech Economy, and it's really, really a pleasure having everyone here on board. My name is Amos. I'm the Growth and Marketing Lead here at Tech Economy, and I'll be your host for today. I'm sure we're going to have a good time. I want to introduce our guests for today, the person of Oluwato Biadekunle. Oluwato Biadekunle is a seasoned marketing leader with over 12 years of diverse industry experience. And he is the dynamic force behind Growth School, an edtech platform that is revolutionizing access to marketing and data-driven courses. As the founder of Nigerian Striving Digital Marketing Meetup, that's DMM, he has left an inedible mark on the digital and tech landscape. Some of his achievements include orchestrating the inaugural digital marketing conference in Nigeria and pioneering the groundbreaking digital marketing virtual exhibition in collaboration with AdMap, a professional body co-founded. He is a mentor and trainer in the digital marketing sphere and will be actively contributes to professional development. He teaches digital marketing techniques at a leading marketing college in Nigeria and also facilitates for the facilitates courses for the Digital Marketing Institute, DMI Ireland. His academic journey is a testament to his commitment and to his commitment to continuous learning. He holds a postgraduate diploma in professional marketing from the Chartered Institute of Marketing UK and MBA from Business School Netherlands and a certificate in strategic marketing from Lagos Business School. So, Luatobi, welcome and it's glad to have you on board as, guest, as our guest for today. Yeah, thank you so much, Amos. Glad to be here. Okay, welcome. So, what we're talking about today, we're talking about the role of EdTech in lifelong learning and continuous education. And just to break um, the topic down a bit, we're talking about how EdTech is making learning a forever thing. And we're not just talking about classrooms, we're talking about a world where you can explore new ideas. Um, skills and knowledge anytime, anywhere. Where okay, um, your career path, your professional path, you have, you keep on learning, you keep on taking probably probably different courses or finding new ways to actually improve yourself, improve your skills. Because a lot of new things come in every day. Um, talking about okay, the topic we have for today: the rule of edtech in lifelong learning and continuous education. And um, I'm break. I was trying to break down the topic in the sense that okay we are talking about how edtech is making learning a forever thing not just talking about classrooms talking about a world where you can explore new ideas skills knowledge anytime and anywhere in the world where um okay you want to improve your skills you want to improve your knowledge or you want to find you to reach a diverse group of people using edtech to actually foster this continuous education in people and I would like to get your input to be in, like, okay, before I dive into the questions, is there anything that interests you about the topic that I've chosen for today? Okay, I think, um, good evening, everyone. Just as a form of kind introduction, my name is um, Toby, Toby Adekule. You've heard all the beautiful things you said. I don't know where I got all of those things from. However, what is of interest to me in this topic is learning, right? There's a particular adage that says uh, the, the day you stop learning, you start dying. And um, not just learning also, an infusion of learning and technology. I'm, I'm, I'm a tech enthusiast. I don't call myself a tech professional because I'm not a software developer. But I'm a tech enthusiast. I love technology. 
And I love how technology is changing virtually every part of our lives. You know, the way we live, the way we socialize, the way we learn, right? And because learning is a critical part of our lives, whether through direct experience, through informal learning or through formal learning, you cannot separate learning from a man's life, right? And the fact that we are in the technology world, it means that a lot of transformation has happened. Some, you know, we don't even take cognizance of them because they've become part of our lives and we feel they are normal, right? Not considering where we're coming from 10, 20 years ago. So learning and um, technology, learning in terms of education and technology are two major things I'm really interested in. From what you read about my profile, I've been teaching, I've, I've sharing knowledge over the past few years. So that's been part of me. So it's something I, I've always loved to talk about. Beautiful. I think some things that I got from this, like, okay, the day you stop learning, the day you start learning. And I really feel like it's actually really true. And also the fact that you mentioned that it cannot be separated from a man's life. And it's very, very, very interesting. So just to dive right in, the first question for you today is, okay, how did you come about starting growth school? What made you um, venture to carry out this mission to start this um, venture called growth school? Okay, interestingly, I have uh, one of my co-founders here with me in person of Susan. So, Growth School was actually born out of the need to make um, quality education in marketing accessible to to people. I've been I've been training for a while, like you really mentioned. I've been training digital and marketing for over five years now, right? If I had informal training, that would be more than five years. For over, five, for over five years, I've been doing, I've been training on marketing and, and all. But however, I just, I just feel that we've gotten to a point. I feel personally that I got to a point in marketing where everything seems like um, it's boring until I found growth marketing, right? Growth marketing is very interesting. Beyond all of the beautiful adverts, beyond all of the, you know, all of the vanity metrics sometimes that we measure, all of the likes, all of the views, all of the impressions, I discover that, or I realize, not, maybe not discover, that there's something more enduring than all of those metrics, which is uh, growth in marketing. It talks about your acquisition, your retention, your revenue, your referrals, and all of those stuff, right? Something more data-driven, something that, that makes marketing more important you know, in the scheme of things within an organization. And that led us to say, okay, because we found that there is, there's actually a gap. You know, you mostly find um, digital training, digital marketing training school. You'll find general marketing training school. There are brand schools that are there. But you hardly find an institution that is focused on teaching people how to do growth within the marketing space. And I think that led us to creating a platform that provides easy access, you know, flexibility in learning and adapting to individual needs within the marketing learning space. And that actually led us to starting growth school. Growth school, yeah. I think I love, like, okay, what you spoke about growth school, the vision you spoke about growth school, and what you said about growth marketing, being a growth marketer myself, I can relate to how really, really, really interesting growth marketing is. Uh, next question I would like to ask is, uh, how do you think technology is actually changing how we learn? And what does that mean for new companies that are actually coming up in this area? Okay, interesting question. I, I feel technology is making learning more personalized, interactive, and um, accessible. Today, we have 
tons, hundreds, thousands of um, software developers who were actually who actually studied bees and me. Some studied plant science, some studied um, you know zoology, some studied courses that are not near or close to technology. So today I, I had a I have not had, I have a front-end developer work, working on a project for me. And this particular young lady should be between the ages of 23 to 25, if I'm right, didn't study anything technology-related. But today, she is a front-end developer. I also have a product designer who, in the university, she just graduated. She's even in... Um, um, I, I love the way people are learning and growing these days, especially young ladies. She's a product designer. She also worked on designing the product. She never studied anything that has to do with technology in the university. She's currently serving, right? So how were they able to study? How were they able to do these things, create, like, a career for themselves without, you know, necessarily entering the four walls of a school to learn it? As technology, it makes learning more personalized, interactive, and accessible. So what individuals can do, what companies can do, is to harness this opportunity technology has created, to create the platforms. And if, if, if you look around today, some forward-thinking organization in Nigeria and abroad, they are creating learning platforms internally. They call it learning portals. So where organizations also have probably pre-recorded learnings where staff can go pick related courses and learn, right? So technology has transformed everything about learning. Today, you cannot be an illiterate. You cannot be without education. You might not have the opportunity to enter the four walls of the university, but it will be a disaster, yeah, if you live life with all of the technology available beyond Twitter and social media banters beyond posting on Instagram that you do not have any quality education that you can say, this is what I'm able to get because this is what technology has offered me in terms of accessibility to knowledge. A lot, tons, free resource, and all, they are everywhere, right? They are everywhere. You know, sometimes you see people on Twitter complaining about, oh, there's no job, there's no this, there's no that. As much as I agree that there is unemployment everywhere, skill empowerment in terms of what you can learn with the availability of technology is innumerable. It's innumerable. A lot of things to learn. Technology has made the access, you know, technology has provided the access for everyone and without any discrimination, boy, girl, young, old, the platform is there. You just need to go and explore it. And that is how it is changing how we learn. You don't need to enter the class. You don't even need a tutor because the tutors are there already. They've recorded it already, which is one of the things we are also doing at Growth School. You know, have pre-recorded learnings of, you know, courses that are valuable to our potential students or audience and where they can easily go and access them without necessarily waiting for we to schedule any particular class. So it has transformed the way we learn. And what it means for companies in this area is that it's an opportunity for them to also jump on either creating own platforms or partnering with platforms like us where, you know, you can leverage on our platform, white label, create your own dashboard for your own people where they can access um, different relevant courses. Yeah. I don't know if that answers um, your question. 
yeah, yeah, it does. It does like a lot of justice to um how technology is actually shaping our learning and education, just like you mentioned. And just like okay, take a cue from your um answer. You talked about like okay, even in Nigeria where there is um unemployment, but yet skill empowerment and learning through this um edtech can actually do a lot for them. But I'd like to like you to like talk more on what are the challenges and also like the opportunities you feel for edtech in Nigeria. Okay, good question. Um, the challenges for edtech in Nigeria might be connectivity, right? Con the connectivity issues and uh, digital divide. Connect connectivity in the sense that there's still a bit of uh, low penetration of internet, right? Especially 5G in Nigeria. Maybe not. Um, maybe not the same for other con other advanced countries. But in Nigeria, you know, there are still some parts that you struggle, you struggle with um, stable connectivity, stable internet, and these are very important for people to assess um, some of these um, courses online. However, I also feel these challenges present opportunities for edtech companies to develop solutions that work with limited internet resources and focus on bridging that gap, making education more inclusive and, and accessible. So while you're trying to, you know, while you're trying to create your platform, you're adapting it to the reality of your environment in terms of, you know, you do not need, you, you reduce either the sizes of, of your courses. They are not too heavy. They can, you can easily stream them. They are hosted on platforms where they can easily be accessed through low internet or via low internet, right? rather than requiring every connection to be able to assess them. So these are some of the challenges that people are currently facing. And I think there's also a challenge of um, there's also a challenge of awareness, right? There's also a cha challenge of awareness. In terms, you'll be, you'll be shocked that some people do not know that there are platforms they can go on and learn without paying a dime. Right. So sometimes maybe awareness, maybe people need to know, maybe these platforms there or people need to research. Or these platforms themselves need to do some sort of publicity to make these platforms known to people so that they can easily assess them. Yeah, that's that's what I would say about some of the challenges currently being faced, which I also feel is an opportunity for them to create some USB by creating a platform that um, users can easily access with a low-level low internet service. Okay, yeah, I think that was a very, 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 very exciting answer. I like the fact that when you listed the challenges, you also mentioned that these challenges serve as opportunities for edtech to really, really see how they can actually um, give more access to the digital divide, to the connectivity issues, to the awareness issues, and blue internet issues that we have in our space in Nigeria. Uh, I would like to just straight out there, if anyone has any question that they would love to ask, you can request to be a speaker and out. Just bump you up to um, see a speaker and you can ask the question. So you can even just make a reaction or signify that, okay, you want to ask a question and I will give you the podium to ask the question that you want to ask. Um, going to my next question, I'd like to ask, okay, now I want this to like, okay, you're like a journey now. Can you share is to get edtech really made a difference in someone's learning journey. Okay, I think I, I have a number of, a number of students I've um, I've trained in the past, right? That learn not necessarily coming into the class, but probably self learn. I've mentioned 
I've mentioned examples of some, a, a product designer, a front-end developer, who actually did not go through formal education to learn how to do product design. You know, I was having um, a, a conversation with, with one of them. And this space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. She told me how she started during, uh, I think, during school break in the university. And she started wa watching YouTube's. YouTube videos, right? And from YouTube videos, she started looking out for, you know, platforms that offer some of these uh, training. And, you know, she registered from there. She got the training, you know, they, they provide some bit of mentorship, internship and all. And today, I, I can call out some, some sort of professional because some of, the, some of the platforms they've designed, if someone had told you that the person that designed this website is just a university graduate or design this platform. You probably argue, right? I have I have a guy also. I might not just want to mention him. I think when we started the when we started the DMM Digital Marketing Meetup, which you know eventually metamorphosed into Association of uh, Digital Marketing Professional, there was a guy that actually reached out to me. I think she, he was a rookie, just finished university, trying to look for opportunities and reached out to me to say, oh, hi, Toby, I'd like to be part of your platform and if there's any way I can support. And then I recollect that weekly, we used to host a marketing uh, training on WhatsApp consistently almost for one to two years. Every week, there was a class, you know, then. And that was where he learned, you know, learned gradually, began to grow without necessarily meeting the people who, one way or the other, he might not have the opportunity to pay for their classes if they were to host a paid class, right? This same guy I'm talking about right now is, is one of the big boys in, uh, in programmatic advertising and he's not even currently in Nigeria, yeah? So I've, I, I, have a, I have tons of examples of people who have learned virtually. People have also mentored yeah, virtually without necessarily meeting me i'm even one of those guys that you will not see outside i really go for events you you probably just see me online and you know so i think the opportunities are there the examples are there in terms of people we've mentored have learned by platforms by by videos we've created also on some of these platforms i think that was with uh, one of the one of the training school we have videos um, listed on their platforms where students can sign up for yeah so I believe the impacts are there, right? Our, some of these trainings, online trainings, are transforming the lives of people and how they are being empowered. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Welcome. Very, very, very interesting. And I think it speaks to the fact that, like, I love the fact that, okay, we don't have to, like, okay, the four was alone, which is something you actually spoke about earlier on in one of the questions I asked. Are you Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Gone yeah. are gone, gone the, the days when... And that's why I said earlier that today, if you are complaining that you you don't have what to do, it's because you probably do not have the, the right person to mentor you, to lead and guide you on what to do. Because there are a lot of things you can do. Once you have a smartphone and you have an internet service, I think that's all you need, right, to get started. Even before getting either a laptop or whatever it is. But first of all, you need a phone. And you need a SIM card with an internet service, or you need a Wi-Fi, whichever one you're able to get. Once you have that, then you are connected to the world. Trust me, to the world of learning, to the world of resource.
to the world of education, right? You can't you can't remain an illiterate in this twenty first century. And sometimes it amazes me the way people speak online. And I'm wondering, are we actually in this same world? Amos, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um. Okay. The next question I have for you now. Okay. Now, for those that probably want to start their own edtech companies, what advice would you have for them? Are there any lessons that you've learned in your know, starting growth school that you could like okay pass on to them that they could start their own edtech company? Okay. I would say that for those who want to start their own tech companies, start with a deep understanding of your target market or your target audience needs. Being a marketing uh, professional myself, you don't you don't start anything without understanding a need. Like I mentioned earlier, when we started the growth school, it was out of the need to bridge the knowledge gap, right, in learning growth marketing, and that is why we are not a marketing school or a marketing platform. We're a growth marketing platform. Right, so you need to understand what problems your audience are facing, the people you want to teach, the people you want to provide these learning services to or training services. What are the challenges they are facing? They be prepared for challenges ahead. You know, you need to stay adapt, adapt, adaptable and continually seek feedback to improve your offering. Right, whatever you've put out, whatever you have in plan to put out, you know subjected to receiving feedback from people so that at the end of the day you know how to improve uh, on your on your offering and one thing i think can also scale any edtech platform easily is collaboration and partnerships that is also very key partner with the right organization with the right people with the right key opinion leaders with the right influencers whatever you call them just ensure that you have your collaborations right you know sometimes collaborations will take you 10 steps ahead right instead of just taking that baby steps you know you just catapult you into some realm you don't even imagine right so but the starting point is understanding what you want to do don't create a platform because you just want to create an ed ed tech platform or because you want to do a startup right if i wanted to do a startup i would have done that a long time ago right but create a platform that is solving a problem i think that's very important okay that's really, really interesting. Um, so for anyone who wants to start, I hope you've gotten the gist. First of all, don't just start because you want to start, but you want to do a startup or a tech company. You have to make sure that there's a need. You have to make sure you collect feedback. And um, also look for collaborations and partnerships because that would actually really, really help. Um, FY, Emmanuel, do you have any question for the guest today? Okay, if you have um, any question, you can unmute yourself and go ahead. Okay. Um, thank you so much, Mr. Toby. This has been very, very, um, you know, impactful. So, yes, um, I've really learned a lot from what you shared. And um, I have, um, I think my question is sort of like a two-in-one question. So, um, I heard you talked about inclusivity, which is very important, Um because I also had that question penned down before you um, touched on it. So you talked about how people with internet, without um, people in locations without, um, you know, internet connectivity, how they can also be, you know, sorted for and all of those, all, all of that. So yeah, um, the question I have again is when we talk about edtech, and then um, you know, with the whole inclusivity thing. So how do we sort of like uh, cater for people who? Um, maybe they are 
their mode of learning is um, maybe like a people-to-people -people base. So what I'm trying to say is, oh, yeah, it's remote, so you can um, you don't have to be like in the forward of, of, of a classroom to like get to learn. So you can be anywhere in the world just with your laptop, with your device, and then you connect to a tutor or whatever, and then you get your lesson. So like some persons, they need to be motivated. Um, some persons, they need to be cajoled. Some persons, they need, um, what's it called now? like sort of a competitive environment to sort of like learn and just that extra push and also some other persons their mode of, of assimilation is different so they want that interactive um what's it called kind of communication style that um creates an atmosphere where they are maybe motivated or something just so how do we like include this also how is edtech catering for these people so that they are also like not left out and then they could also be included. That's my question. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jerry. And uh, that's a very, that's a very smart, uh, intelligent question you asked, right? And I'll, I'll go back to basis of what EdTech is all about. EdTech is simply education technology and, and it's simply just um, introducing technology or ICT, if you want to use it like that, tools into the classroom to create more engaging, inclusive, and individualized learning experiences. From what you said, I like, I like the word inclusivity, right? And I like where you mentioned that there are some people, they want to be part of a learning group, and that's, that's the way they learn. And guess what? The word edtech makes provision for such people. I remember clearly in 2020, where during, during the lockdown, one of the banks in, in Nigeria reached out to a particular training platform, right, for training some of uh, their staff, sales team, how to adopt and use uh, digital technology tools, then more like a digital selling training or digital sales training. And um, that particular agency reached out to me and a colleague of mine to run a training for them. And, you know, when you mentioned some people learn collaboratively when they are learning with others, that particular example came top into my head because it was during lockdown. And, you know, at times we have about 200 people. Sometimes we did our training for almost throughout 2020, uh, spilled into 2021. And it was one of, for me personally, it was one of the most memorable training experience I've, I've had in terms of teaching people, right? Because it was easy. It was difficult at some point to get how people are reacting to what you are teaching them. But I think two weeks into the training, I told my colleagues, I, I told them that we really need to devise a way to get people engaged. Otherwise, this training might be an exercise in futility. We need to get them into it, right? We need to make them feel part of it. And guess what? What did we do? Because like I said earlier, you need to understand your audience, the people you are training, the people you want to reach out to. Then you are able to design or devise a strategy that helps meet the needs of these people. You know, these people want to learn. They want to feel like they're in a classroom. But yeah, it's a lockdown. So you can't feel like in a classroom. So how do we make it more classroom-like, right? So what we do is we talk to them. We engage them. We ask them questions. We ask for reaction. What do you think? Use any of the emoji. How did you feel? Give us a start. We want you to speak. We'll, we'll tell you unmute yourself and speak ask questions. We ask for introduction at the beginning. People introducing themselves. That might take time sometimes. 
where it made people feel like they know each other in that particular classroom. So some of these things, you adapt it into the learning experience to make it feel like people are, you know, learning together, to make people feel like they are still human and not just one robot somewhere speaking to them. Enabling your camera also as uh, a tutor sometimes go a long way to help your student because they, they can see your reaction. Now you can't see me. I'm someone that talks with passion. If I'm talking there, sometimes you feel that I'm on the pages guy that is talking like this. But if I, if I don't enable my camera, you can't see all those expressions. So your ability to show your audience how you feel about what you are teaching them sometimes also go a long way. My my partner, my co-founder is here. My growth school co-founder is here. We did, I did a recording on, on a particular course that we wanted to upload on our platform. And after the recording, I went to look at video. I was just laughing at myself. That guy, what is happening? Take it easy now. Eh? They, are not, they have not paid for this course yet. So sometimes you just need to create that avenue where people can you know, have a feel of who is speaking, have a feel of your emotion, the energy you are putting into what you are saying, right? And sometimes re recorded, pre-recorded video also probably do these things. But what you won't get is live interaction and engagement into responses as to the people who you are teaching, how they are responding or what, what they feel about what you are, you know, you are taking. Sometimes people have questions. For pre-recorded, you can't be asking questions, right? Whatever question you have is in your head. But when it is live, a live uh, virtual session, people can ask questions, you can respond to it, you can tell them to enable their camera so that you can also see who is speaking and engage people based on who they are. So I think EdTech will provide platform for a virtual experience and a massive experience that still feel like people are in the four walls of classroom. But, you know, sometimes in Nigeria, internet um, service is a limitation where, where everybody's enabling camera, then things begin to lag then you have a problem. You know, certainly, you yeah, switch off your camera, switch off your camera. Well, it's fine. I believe one day we'll get to that point where we have a stable internet service. But Jerry, I don't know if that answers your question. Absolutely. 100%. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, Jerry, for that really intelligent question. And thank you, Toby, for doing justice to the question. I have another question for you here. And um, how do you see the collaboration between these traditional educational institutions and this tech companies evolving, do you see a form of partnership that might come up between them? What are the potential benefits of them working with tech companies and what's the good part about it? Sadly, right, and I use I start with the word sadly, is because we are still very, very much behind. Traditional institutions, our universities are still very much behind in adopting or adapting to the reality of technology, the role of technology in education, right? Go, going back to basics, if you check the curriculum, you will understand what I'm saying clearly. But let's not even deep dive into the curriculum. Let's deep dive into the adoption of technology in learning. A lot of our schools, a lot of our traditional institutions are struggling and something they do not also understand is partnership, right? We have a lot of Nigerians trooping abroad, yeah, to come and do masters. Uh, I have experience in terms of what that means. No, it might not be a direct experience, but I know what it means. Let me tell you the truth. Some of these classes, yeah, you can see I'm reducing my voice. Some of these classes, they are done virtually, right? They are done virtually. So you see students come leave, the, leave Nigeria as a country, 
you know, take plane to Nigeria, to UK or to Canada, wherever, to US, to go and study. And out of five days in a week, they are probably going to class just one day and they are doing one day virtually, remotely, online. That's what is happening in developed countries, right? But you now wonder, our own universities, what's, what's, exactly, what's exactly the problem? And that is because most of these institutions also do not understand collaboration and partnership. They don't understand what it means. They are too theoretical. They are too backward. And I'm saying this without any iota of uh, remorse. We are backward. Our institutions, are, uh, educational institutions are very backward in terms of how they deliver, you know, their courses, in terms of how they deliver training. Some of these schools abroad, they do virtual for our guys are spending a lot of money to come here to come and learn, right? So why can't we also, on our own, start importing the brains we have to other countries where, you know, OAU, for instance, uh, Unilab, for instance, they also offer virtual uh, classes. Probably you just need to enter the, uh, the class probably two days in a week or just one day in a week, and the other classes are more of hybrid, right? And sometimes they don't need to do these things by themselves. Partnering with platforms like uh, like uh, lesson, for instance, that have created that ecosystem, that have created that environment, you know, what's stopping you from saying, oh, come and white label for, for us so that we can do this thing? What's stopping some of these traditional institutions having studios within their schools where lecturers can go in and record sessions or where lecturer can, even if you don't want to record sessions, like I said, you want to make it feel like a proper classroom. Share a YouTube, a, a Zoom link, and have a proper class virtually where students don't have to grow, go through the rigor of transportation to come and attend a 45 minutes class. And at the end of the day, it's only shout, 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 shout. My personal experience about uh, Nigerian University is not a good one. So I think some of my expression might be born out of, <laughs> of that poor perception so it might not be the same for everybody but i went to school about um, i finished university about 2009 so that's quite a while right so it's not really a good one i don't know what the system is right now but i doubt if i've seen a lot of collaboration happening however what i believe is um, the moment we start seeing value in what technology is offering the educational sector i don't know if they are seeing it currently that it can actually make life easy. But you also know that sometimes, because of our system, some people do not want some things to work. So you can't also categorically say that they don't want to do these things or they don't have um, the, the, the capacity or wherewithal to do it. They might have it, but they don't just want to do it because they are used to the old system or because they are gaining from their cake system and they want it to continue. So... Synergistic, all of this English you used to ask this question, right? What I'm seeing is it would take some intervention for this relationship to begin to evolve, right? For these partnerships to begin to happen. Private universities might be far way ahead, but our government, um, all these federal state universities, I really doubt and I doubt if they are forward-thinking in terms of how to adopt technology in delivering um, some of these um, courses. Yeah, that's my opinion. I might be wrong, right? But that's my personal opinion, also based on experiences and poor perception. I use the word poor because that is what it is of what our traditional institutions look like. Okay. 
That's interesting. Uh, I follow up to that because, like, well, we said a lot, and I feel like, yeah, it's actually the situation we find ourselves in. But I'd like to ask, like, okay, let's assume, okay, let's remove all the bureaucracy. Let's say, like, okay, Nigeria now is ready to start embracing this. The people that would probably be stopping things like this are now willing to allow the universities to start embracing ethics. Um, I know you talked about, like, partnerships and you talked about you lesson, but I'd like you to brush more on that. Like, probably, how do you think, like, let's say all these issues that we have in terms of people not allowing the progress or in terms of um, them always, like, come for classes, transport, everything, let's say they want to now start embracing head tech. What few things or what few steps do you think that they can take to start getting to that um, level? Okay, I think the, for, the first thing they even need to do, do is to review is to review their processes internally, right? Because the way you deliver classes, right, or courses within the technology system in terms of education is not the way you deliver it traditionally. So first of all, that needs to change, right? Then secondly, once that, is, that has been reviewed, secondly is for them to start looking at possible partnerships, because if you also want these schools or these universities or these training institutions to deliver some of these technology platforms themselves, it might take forever. So one thing you also want to do is what are the quick wins for these traditional institutions in terms of who are the people, who are the platforms they can partner with? For instance, you want to deliver some, um, you want to deliver some courses on, on design, on uh, software development, but I even doubt if our university curriculum is currently aligned with the reality of uh, of um, software or computer science. Yeah, but that's that's another story for another day. You can you can partner with different platforms. Different. I, I mentioned I mentioned new uh, lesson for for an example. There is also off school right, and for marketing there is also growth school. So if you want to deliver some dedicated some targeted courses and you, you really do not have the platform to do this, why not partner with some of these guys that can probably deliver some type of courses that align with your curriculum? So you can just tell your students, or it might even be what you yourself have done because you've partnered with these platforms. It might be a course you've delivered on this platform by yourself. Another thing is white labeling, right? There's no harm in white labeling some of these platforms and customize it for your institution so that on your own, you can deliver some of these courses. So all of these things will, will help deliver some, you know, integrated um, or enhanced learning experience. Students, you know, have opportunities to go back, to go and learn and relearn or re-listen to some of the trainings, that, some of the courses that have been delivered. And I believe you will see an improvement in, in, in education eventually because it is no longer a one-off where once you miss the class or the lecturer did not allow you to miss, enter the class, that is all. It means that now you can go back once you have an access, go and listen to what is being taught and, you know, digest it properly and prepare for exams ahead. Yeah. So it's a great, it's going to be a great opportunity if there's willingness and um, openness from these traditional institutions. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, really, really, really good. And personally, I'm hopeful. I'm being optimistic that. Yes, Nigeria will get there and um, these traditional institutions would learn to actually incorporate some of these things. I, I'm, I'm hopeful too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope others are listening to are also hopeful. Let's get there. 
So people will be flocking in to also come and do masters instead of people flocking out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that's the bulk of the questions I have for you. I have casual questions that I would like to ask you, like just three casual soft questions just to ask you. Maybe people would like really want to know this interesting thing about you. But before I dive into that, is there any concluding um thing you would like to say on what you've spoken about? And is there anyone in the audience that still has a question to ask? You can just um request to be a speaker and I'll get you asked. Um, so be over to you. Do you have any other thing you want to add? Or... Okay, what, what I would just love to add is for, for those who are listening uh, to my voice, one thing I would tell you is that um, it, it might sound like aspire to perspire kind of thing, but trust me, it is not. It is what I've personally experienced, right? Learning is continuous. Please don't stop learning. Don't stop whatever your profession is, whatever you do currently, don't ever feel at any time that you have gotten to your vantage point where you are the master of all. The way life and technology is evolving, new things are happening across all of the spectrum of profession, whatever it is you are doing, agriculture, um, healthcare, education, whatever your profession is, banking, financial services, things keep evolving. So you can't stop learning. And there is no excuse for failure. You can't say you don't know this thing because you don't have information. That would be a blatant lie. Because information is everywhere. Whatever it is you want to learn, today you can wake up and say you want to switch career to product management. Trust me, it's possible in three months. I can beat my chest that if you decide that today you want to change your career to product management, to project management, to marketing, to digital marketing, to growth marketing, performance marketing, to designer, software developer, product design, whatever it is, UI, UX writer, copywriter, you can decide it in three months. And that would be a that would probably be a landmark decision for you. And guess what? The only reason is because edtech or education has evolved because of technology. So there is nothing limiting you. There is nothing limiting you. I remember during, uh, that was last year, yeah, 2022, I did one of the craziest thing anyone could do. And I'll share it with you. So in 2021, I, I started an MBA, right? And while I was doing the MBA, I was also um, lecturing at uh, a business school Back in Nigeria, I was lecturing in business school and I used to have an average of 15 students to review the assignment, to take them classes. I take them classes and I review the assignment. Sometimes when I have a lot of students, I have up to 27 students at a time and we have like two cohorts in one year. So in 2022, I started MBA in 2021, I can't even remember, or 2021, but last year, or was it 2021? I can't remember, between 2021 and 2022. So there was a particular time. I now decided to also take a training. I was doing an MBA. And that MBA was one of the rigorous training adventure or learning adventure I've ever entered. Not even my university is near. You know, university where you spend four years is not near the learning experience. It was a very difficult one. It was a very diffi- uh, tedious one. Now, at the end of the day, it was just about 
four of us that graduated within our sets, but that's a story for another day. I just want to I just want to encourage you. That's why I'm saying this, not because of anything. And um, so in 2021, I took I started an MBA. I, I was still you know teaching people and all, and there was a particular course in CIM, Chartered Institute of Marketing, which is like the highest level you would do, which is level seven. And I told myself that, okay, Toby, do you know you can do this same level seven? Level seven is, is a postgraduate diploma. It's more like doing a mini master's in marketing. Remember, I was currently doing an MBA. And I told myself, I would do this thing. It's one of the craziest things I tried. Because when I started, I, I felt like I took a wrong decision, right? But I did it out of the curiosity of, let me see how it's going to feel like. I want to choke myself. Let me see the extent to which I can stretch my capacity in learning. That's what, that, that is exactly what I did. I was training people. I need to study to train them. I was doing an MBA that is very, very difficult. I now said I wanted to do CIM. For, for people who have done CIM that, that are in this room, they understand what I'm trying to say. It is not a child's play. You know, you do a nine-month course and you spend about... 700k then, but maybe now it will be more. So you know that you can't afford to fail, right? Nine months and you're spending that amount of money. But what I did was to tell myself that I want to go beyond my limit. I want to see how far I can learn. I want to see if I can cope. And guess what? I coped and I passed to the glory of God, right? It is not by my strength anyway. There's, there's all, for me, there's always a God factor. God has given me the grace you know, and the opportunity to adapt, right? But what I'm trying to say is don't limit yourself. Don't say it is too much. You cannot learn it. No, there is nothing you cannot learn. If you want to start software development today, if you start learning it today, you can achieve it. You just need to set your mind on it. This is not some form of motivation. It is what I have done. It is what I have seen upon. There are tons of platforms and tools and technology, whatever name you want to call them, that you can access free courses and begin to learn. If you want to change your career path, now is the time. Start accessing some of these technology platforms and also Growth School, www.growthschool.co.uk is there for you. We also have some free masterclasses we've done if you're interested in marketing. Thank you, um, Amos. I don't know if that, that was well said. It was well said. Very, very, very excellent. Yeah, really, really uh, I think you even covered some of the questions I wanted to ask you because one of the things I wanted to ask was if you could share a quick and practical tip for people that want to aspire to be marketers and entrepreneurs. But I feel like a lot of the things you've said would actually go a lot to helping people because um, they would learn when they take the risk to actually like learn more, to just take that boot like you did. Like, and what you did was really amazing. Really, really amazing. I will say. I think... Actually, I don't, I don't advise people to do it, though. <laughs> you know, sometimes you also don't want to risk beyond uh, your your capacity. You, yes. want to, you want to be risk-averse, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just ask a um, casual question. So, with the advent of AI now, there are a lot of AI tools everywhere. Is there an AI tool that you really like, that you feel like, okay, it has made work in your life easier? So, if so, can you share the tool? That, 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 I think everybody will probably know that AI too, which is, which is chat, chat GBT. You can't, you, can't be a mar- you can't be a marketing person. I don't like chat GBT. 
<laughs> but it's, it's also it's also for people who are smart. I can tell, I can tell personally. Yeah, I can tell when you are reading something or when you have written from an AI. I can tell if you use an AI to edit a document. I can tell, and that shows you the extent to which I've used ChatGPT. So I understand to a level the language of AI, the English of AI. So as much as people also use AI. You know, it's also very important to adapt the human uh, feel and emotions to your communication. Yeah, beautiful. So I guess you both heard ChatGPT cannot get much publicity than this. It's a <laughs> <laughs> really great tool. Um, okay, the final thing I would ask is, so going back to your early days, um, what is one lesson you've learned now that you wish you knew when you started back then, when you started your career? To be focused. I'll just that's that's just the word. Focus. Yeah. So know what you want to do on time and get get on with it. Yeah. Okay. I I think I think that's that focus alone you know, because especially this day and age that a lot of people actually struggle with like different devices, different Exactly. Um, too many too many distractions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the end of our discussion. It was nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for the invite. Yes. Um, Love to be here. I really hope the listeners enjoyed it. Please just drop a reaction. Let us see if you really um, enjoyed this session. It was nice also having you and I really hope that you've been impacted enough. Um, there will be a recap. So Tech Economy, we have um, newsletters that we sent. Um, the link is in the comments of this space. You can just subscribe for it. Um, one is T for decision makers, and in that newsletter, they will recap of um, this of this um, session we just had, and also the newsletter is just based on things like this empowering decision making in this um, realm of technology and business, and like what we've spoken about here today, I'm sure it will like empower a lot of people to actually make decisions going forward in the realms of ed tech, taking courses and taking certificates. So I really hope you have a great evening. See you whenever, when next we are doing our Twitter sense page, we follow you notes and you'll get to know it. And don't forget to check out Growth School. Um, all right. School. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. All right. All right.